Well, hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. Friday, February 6th. You made it through the first week of the year. And thank you so much for joining us here. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver. Give us a call, 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Arlene's in today to take your phone call, answer your questions, walk you through your order, or go check us out online. The World Wide Web has us there at allamericangold.com. Point and click, it's that easy. You can click on the on the shopping cart, and it'll take you to all of our products. And you can just, you know, buy what you'd like at your leash from your house. Also, you can join our club. What is that club? What is our club? The Preferred Members Club of the Patriot Trading Group. you got to check that out. And then, of course, get the news to disturb the comfortable. We don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. All of this is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its CEO and owner, He's the man who grinds it out daily to make sure you're in the know and holding, I guess, court at this time every day just to make sure this information gets to you. Joe Jaquin, thanks for putting this stuff together, man. Here we are for end of the first week of the year, and we're rolling. I'm going to say this. Ramon, Ramon is our producer here in Phoenix. Cody, our producer up on the front range. The mothership. The mothership, that's right. He gave me... Some terrible news. Oh, no. Yeah. What? Next week, we're going to have to work five days. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It was horrible. I have to be honest with you. Thank God. Thank God we get to come in for five days next week, because I'll be honest with you. That gap that I had over the Christmas holidays of freezing my tail off, and I couldn't wait to get back. Just couldn't wait to get back. Well, why here. don't you tell everybody the real story? Because I've never understood it. And and I would say to Homer, because and a lot of you out there, you know, when you travel right over the holidays to family, uh, at least for me anyway, you know, three, four days is plenty. But you have always gone for like seven, eight, never eight, seven days at the most. Don't okay, throw the travel time in there, driving there and back, seven you're days. eight days. Seven but days. okay, way too long. There's seven days. We're in high. But but seven you days. you have always bragged. My wife's parents are seniors, and she loves them so much. She has to get as much time with them as she can. And there's nothing me and my kids can say about it. But I mean, the day I tell you we're turning around and coming back, driving home, I lay out the game plan, and the kids are like, "We're ready, Dad. We're ready to come home." Because that, I mean, with the winter weather in that small town, there's nothing to do there. Well, something horrible happened to you this trip because you have never, you've all, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, because I always have my uh, Fortress of Solitude there that was mine, the downstairs basement where I could watch they all had, the okay, So games. they had they had a finished basement. Completely. I mean, this house is tip-top. Tip-top. But it's freezing there. And I would get to watch and catch up on whatever shows I like. Of course, watch every football game. Well, now the grandchildren have grandchildren. And they took over. Your fortress of solitude was invaded and taken over. And you had to go and be with everybody else. I'm telling you, <laughs> I had to sit in the upstairs area where everybody, you know, convenes in, in the common area. I'm not part of that. I don't want to I do like that. I like to be alone and watch my sports center and watch my football game. But no! 
Not this time. Things have changed. And eventually, you know, my kids are getting into their 20s. Who knows how long before they make Pam and I grandparents. You know, I'm just telling you, time's flying by right now, and I'm getting older faster. That makes any sense? I am getting older faster. You know, it's funny you say that. Because it really is like, I'm getting ready uh, today, I've got to go to Flagstaff. Sure. Right, for my, my oldest has a, a basketball game. I'm thinking, you know what, he's already. Your son's going to graduate next year. Know, You're, right? He's in the he's last all, four months of his senior year. Of his junior year. Junior year. Of his junior year. Yeah, he's over halfway through his junior year. Dub. And next year, double, that's it. Double. This is happening to you. You're just not accepting it right now. I'm not accepting it. You're getting it. older. You're getting old, and and you know you know the one thing I'll just tell you is this: I watched my brothers who are my brothers in laws who are just a little older than me, and they have grandchildren on their lap, and they're you want to hold them? I'm like no, no. I'm like no, no. and my wife just all over it, man. Uh, well, you know, Erica, Eric's daughter, she has a, a, a I'll call it a baby. Uh, and uh, is it a baby? I don't. Well, that's, well, that's what it is, Joe. Well. <laughs> I don't hold the baby. I mean, I'll look at it, but that's it. I don't want to hold it. She's like, you want to hold it? I'm like, no. No, I don't. Last time, you know what? I still look at her. You're seven. That's weird, isn't it? And You're it, not supposed to have a baby. You're seven. She's like 24. And, you know, the, the, the things, you know, you think about when you're driving for 14 hours to get back home, you know, and I'm telling you, I'm a person who reminisces. I'm a person who prepares. I'm a person who thinks long term. And the one thing I'll tell you is, that's why I love to get back to work here, because we help people prepare for the future. Right. Whatever the future may hold. And I'm here to tell you right now that, um, you know, I love what we do here. I love the new people we meet all the time that are that are joining. And I, this is why I, I'll just tell you this. This is a family-owned business, and we both have our own families, and we share a lot of our personal life with folks and everything. But I'm here to tell you, and I go back to this, we're getting older faster, and we need to prepare. And so to each one of you out it's there. It's happening quick, it's, and it's going by so fast. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you. Uh, you never know what you're going to hear. It's live radio. I will say this. Anybody that is on the I-17, after from 4 o'clock today, be careful, because I'll be on it. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You have to be careful. got to be careful. No, I make no promises. He's heading to Flagstaff. Flagstaff. There could be snow and ice. I won't know what to do. And to all my family members listening to this up in Idaho, it's day four of no school. Snow is just killing them there. Really? There's, yeah. It's snow and wind. Snow drifts 10 feet tall, I'm hearing. We, listen, we got all kinds of things to talk about. Don't touch that dial. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. Double J in the love, Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy New Year's, everyone. That still uh, is that still etiquette to be saying that? Supposed to I, I would. We're on day six, right? When, I, when's the timeline? When do you stop saying, uh, "Hey, Happy New Year"? Oh, well, you know what? That's a great question. When do you stop saying it? When I, I, I think Monday. Next Monday. Next cut Monday. Off line? Get it in, folks. Get it. In. You got till Monday. Get it in. <laughs> if you're going to wish anybody a Happy New Year, no, 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 double. You've got uh, till Monday. Listen, I just made that up. I don't. That's a great question. Right, listen, I Give it a week, right? Give it a week. Little doubleism. So today, in the first week of every month, such a grand time. You get all of the massaged, seasonally adjusted jobs numbers, and as all of you know, we don't like 
when it comes to economics, when it comes to um, really the people that we put in charge of our economy, which is the Federal Reserve and this private group, they don't like to use real numbers. Boy, have we learned that over the last few years. They just don't like to. And the answer really is pretty simple. They just don't like what the real numbers say. And you know what Because they, it doesn't fit their little their, their little thing that they their, like to tell people. Their agenda. Right? That was the word I was looking for. I know, think. I know. But you know what's interesting about that is the, uh, there's a little hypocrisy in it because then they'll tell you to fact check. <laughs> don't you think that's interesting? That right, I like, saw, and I forget who it was. Somebody said, if you don't read the news, you're uneducated. Right? And if you read the news... Right? You're still uneducated. No, you're misinformed. Yeah, you're missing. There you go, right? That's it. You're misinformed. I, I, I know there was a quote by Denzel Washington. Denzel! Of, of all people who said that. It's true. If you don't read it, if you don't follow it, right, you're uninformed. If you do follow it, you are, he's absolutely, you are totally 100% misinformed. And they do it on purpose. So today, the government came out and said that they created, uh, I want to say the number was 150-something thousand. It wasn't a good number. They were hoping for 175. I think they got 176. And then they came out and said that the labor department, that the unemployment rate ticked up just a little bit, four point. And, of course, the Federal Reserve and their agenda is that they fixed everything. And we we hear it every time they talk about this full employment, right, and how great the economy is now. And this is the misinformation that they want you to believe. So I'm going to give you some facts. Okay? Now you can want, and and this is the hard part. You know what the hard part is? Is that people that don't know that they're being misinformed want to argue and want to shame and want to say that that we're the, the idiots, right? We're the ones that don't know what we're talking about. Because we're using facts. And really, in this day and age, right, with computers and electronics, getting the real number is so easy. I mean, you could actually really, I guess, make an argument that, hey, 30, 40, 50 years ago before computers, you kind of had to do a little estimating, right? Because the numbers weren't there yet. But today? Today, there's no reason to estimate anything. Barack Obama's presidency began with a record number of Americans not in the labor force. And it's going to end the exact same way. 
The final jobs report of the Obama presidency was in, and it shows that the number of Americans not in the labor force increased by 14,573,000 people. It's a little over 18%, by the way. Since January of 2009, in December, according to the Labor Department's Bureau of Labor Statistics, a record number 95,102,000 Americans were not in the labor force. That's 47,000 more people than in November. The labor force participation rate stands at 62.7. That dropped to a 38-year low, by the way. And it said that people over the age of 16 who are no longer working or even looking for work for whatever reason are counted as not participating in the labor force. In January of 2009, it was 80 million. Now 95 million. The BLS said the December unemployment rate increased to 4.7%. They said that last month, 152 million on 111,000 Americans were counted as employed. Okay? So let me give you that number again. 152 million, 111,000. Okay? 95 million aren't even in the labor force. That number, see now here's fact. It was up 63,000 from November. Now, you'll remember I told you the number was 156,000. The fake number. Right. The actual number. They actually know the actual number. That's the best part. And the actual number says, hey, by the way, there's 63,000 more people that got a job this month than had a job last month. But that would be terrible. Could you imagine if there was only 63,000? It would be horrible today. Devastating number. The number of unemployed stood at 7,529,000. You add that to the 95 million people they didn't longer count working, you roughly have 150 million people working and a little over 100 million people not working. And what's happening? What's happening is the number of people not working is growing a whole lot faster than the amount of people, what, actually working. But here was the funny part about the number. This 7,529,000 number. That was an increase of 120,000 from the previous month. So if jobs factually only went up 63,000, 
And the number of unemployed people, that means they're filing for unemployment benefits, went up by 120,000. Would that be a better report or a worse report? But this was the numbers for the month of December. And it says that people who stop looking for work are no longer counted as employed. In a interview in Chicago, Obama said he had done an enormous amount to create greater economic opportunity for Americans and that he took the economy that was about to go into the Great Depression and now we have great job growth and an unemployment rate below 5%. And this is the narrative. And this is really part of the problem and, and why, you know, we talked about yesterday. We need to shine the light. How are we really ever going to fix it if we want to deal and make believe in numbers that aren't true? The government knows when a person gets a job, right? Because what happens? What happens when you get a job, Homer? What's the first thing you do? First, you walked in for your first day of work. What's the first thing you can do before you can ever start working? Your paperwork. Get all the paperwork. It's called processing. Right. Tell me what it is. And what does that paperwork include? Um, well, there's a big pile of it. What it includes is, you know, your your tax form, your W-4, your I-9, your tax form. you got to fill out your state tax form. Well, how much do you want to give to the state? Then you go to the federal side, and how much do you want to give to the Fed? And then you go, and then they do your I-9 form to make sure you're a legal resident of the United States or illegal to work here on some form of visa or green card or whatever the case may be. And those are just the initial starts. And then what program are you going to invest your money in if they offer a 401k? There's a whole bunch of things you have to take care of. So when you sit there and you fill out that paperwork and you start getting paid, the government knows. Oh, it's tracked. Of course it's tracked. Tracked instantaneously. You are no longer eligible once you start working for unemployment benefits. Why? Because you're working. That stopped. That's why they track it. You can't double dip. You can't get paid. If you were on unemployment and you got a job, that's why they fill out the paperwork so that that stops. So now, despite the disappointing jobs number today, which, as we just learned, was, I I guess they double it. Here's what they're doing right now. Take the number, the real number, let's double it, and then take another 50%, and then we'll call that the number. And that's how we get to these great jobs reports and all of these things. And then the next part, the people that are not in the labor force. Now, a lot of them are what? Retired. And that number is going to continue to go up. And you'll hear them talk about, well, you know, that's a big part of it. It is. But what happens when you retire? You start collecting Social Security. You stop becoming a payer and become a payee. 
And this is really, when we look at the, the next 10 years and why, you know, I can sit here with certainty and tell you exactly what's going to happen and why we're going to have this huge explosion in debt, why we're going to have this inflationary, what I'm calling the stagflationary cycle set in. We're getting very, very close. So you think about the, the, the last eight years. We essentially had almost 2 million people a year go from being a payer to being a payee. Over the next 10 years, you're going to see that number increase even more. Now you're going to go to three and four million every year. Listen, and we're only 50 million away from what? One person working? One person paying? Well, the other one's taking. The math doesn't work very well when that happens. Patriot Radio News Hour, halftime on a Friday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Hyatt. The Republican primary contest was in full swing last February when Carrier, the famous maker of air conditioners, announced it would close a large factory in Indianapolis and relocate its production to Monterey, Mexico. That decision would have allowed the company to eliminate 1,400 jobs where Americans earn over $20 an hour and replace them with Mexicans earning $3 an hour. A cell phone video captured a hapless carrier manager giving the bad news to a room full of angry workers who were soon to be laid off. The manager pleaded that this is strictly a business decision the company made in order to stay competitive and protect the business for the long term. Well, Trump took up the cause of the carrier workers who perfectly illustrated his campaign speeches about the costs of bad trade deals, especially NAFTA. Trump rode the issue to win Indiana, first with a decisive victory over Ted Cruz in the May 3rd primary, before cruising to a 19-point victory over Hillary in the general election. As usual, Trump celebrated on Twitter. He said, The U.S. is going to substantially reduce taxes and regulations on businesses, but any business that leaves our country for another country, fires its employees, builds a new factory or plant in the other country, and then thinks it will sell its product back into the U.S. without retribution or consequence, is wrong. In the final installment of his six-part tweet, Trump concluded, Please be forewarned prior to making a very expensive mistake. The United States is open for business. In a single brilliant stroke, Trump has already begun to reward the votes of his supporters while disarming the fears of his opponents. A new poll from Politico and the Morning Consult found that 60% of voters had a more favorable view of Donald Trump as a result of Carrier's decision to keep some of its manufacturing jobs in Indiana. Before the election, the same people who assured us that Trump could not win also predicted that his election would lead to a stock market crash and a collapse of world trade. Well, one month after he won, business conditions had already improved so much that people were calling it the Trump bump in the economy. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What should we expect from a Donald Trump White House? Will President Trump elevate and advance conservative ideals? At PSEagles.com, you have complete access to our Phyllis Schlafly Eagles news updates, commentaries, and blogs. Add your own comments at PSEagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. He came from the school where you didn't need nothing if you couldn't make it with your own two hands. He was backwards. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Now, even the mainstream media said, yeah, that 150-some thousand, that wasn't a great number. Even though they know that 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 even wasn't even really the number. But it wasn't a great number. But what they did instead was but the good number in this report was the blistering rate of wage growth in that number. Yes, according to the what I'll call the misinformed news, wage growth in the United States last year was 2.9%. And that's the best growth in wages we've had in like 10 years. Now, the first thing that I say is, well, there was a lot of states, and again this year, a lot of states raised the minimum wage. And I kind of thought that was the answer. But then, again, I would have misinformed you. That had a piece to the puzzle. But the one thing that when they do wages, do you know they, they, they take two separate reports to do wages? This is how much data that the government actually has. This is how much data that the central bank actually has. They're broken up into two groups. Okay, All of these working people, the 152 million people that are working, they have the headline hourly earnings number that tells an incomplete story as it consolidates earnings from two very distinct labor groups within the United States. And so what they have is production and non-supervisory employees. Okay, that's one group. And of course, the other group, which is going to be what? The supervised people, right? These are the, you know, some people call them the C-suite people, right? The bosses. Management. The, there you go. The management. Middle management. Management. Yes. So how does it break down? Well, here's the funny part. 82.3% of the uh Workforce of the 152 million, 82.3% fall into the non supervisory role, which leaves, oh, what, a little over 17% to be the management. And when they, and what the government does 
is they say, well, you know what, let's just combine them. And that way, when we combine them, it'll make numbers appear far greater than what they really are for the vast majority of Americans. So for the vast majority of Americans who aren't a manager, they sit there and they shake their head because here's what they said wages were, by the way, not that it was a great number, $26 an hour. This was their blistering pace. This is what they bragged about this morning. Now, they say the work week is only 34 hours, okay? That's the new, you don't get 40 anymore, you get 34. And they said 26 bucks, right? This is the 2.9% increase, the best growth in years, which equates to 45,000, let's round it up, $46,000 before taxes. Once you take out the 17.7% of management, the number changes quite a bit. Matter of fact, you lose almost 30% of that number. Of course, the hours go, because the hours go down, as well as the wage goes down, and instead of 46000 and this actually fits with the actual numbers that we know exist, it drops from 46000 down to 35000 By the way, did you know that December, that was the average price of a new car? $35,000. We know from the government's own numbers that half the people with a job make less than 30 grand. And so when we give you, when I give you this number, that actually makes sense to me. 82.3% of the population outside of the increase that they got in the minimum wage in January, didn't have any growth in their paychecks. And they're actually making less money today than they were, well, I should say, it's a modest dip, from where they were in 2014. So I want you to think about that. Even though they got a pay raise, in them, if you were at the very bottom. They actually ended up working a little less hours. So really, when you look at all of the job growth that we've had, there's been no wage increase for except for what? The CEOs. And guess what? They gave themselves a record pay increase, apparently, in December. It was the largest jump ever for management according to the data this morning. And this is part of the narrative. This is what they're telling you has been the great economic recovery. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I'm, I, I'm checking social media to, you know, to verify what you're saying here. Man, I'll tell you, Obama is getting so much credit this morning, and a lot of people are going, not so fast. Not so fast. And they're saying exactly what you're saying, but there's an interesting stuff that's put out there right now 
that when Obama took office, the number has grown. We have right now a record 95 million, like as you said, Americans not in the labor force, right? right. That number has grown 18% since he took office in November 9th. Right, They're yeah. not talking about that number, right? And the other thing that we're talking about here is also you said, you know, the average person at $35,000 in buying a car. Remember this. Say you had $35,000 and you were going to go buy a car. Listen, you're not buying the nicest car. You're buying a Honda Civic or you're buying a Nissan Sentra. That's you're buying, the middle of the road. That right? is right. You can buy a car for less. We know that, well, right? Yeah, you can buy a car for 20 You can't. I mean, but... We're not in glory days, people. Here's what's so funny. I'm going to read you this headline. NASDAQ hits all-time intraday high as U.S. jobs report comes in below estimates. How do they benefit from that? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour. It is really... It's confusing, isn't it? Uh, you know what? I, I'll just tell you this, and, and it's out there on social media right now as I follow. A lot of people are going, this is just more fake news. <laughs> it's really what it is. It's fake news. I mean, we, we have real news. you got to listen to this show to get it, but we'll tell it to you. And you know, the, the and this is why, you know, the, the, the extend and pretend and, and let's not talk about it, and, and you just see... You know, here's another headline. 800,000 baby boomers left the workforce just in the fourth quarter. Wow. One of the largest quarterly moves that we've seen, and it's only going to get worse. So you're thinking about 800,000 of them left the workforce just in the fourth quarter. And that's 3.2 million. You do that quarter after quarter. This is like, like what I told you. The, the, the amount of people working versus the amount of people not working is getting off. It's getting a little too close for comfort. And then you start factoring all the debt that's out. I'm just going to read you some headlines. And this is, as the NASDAQ just hit an all-time intraday record high. Now, go back 16 years, and it's up a couple hundred points. So it's not like it's been doing great. But nonetheless, millennials fuel house rental boom. Vacancies take toll on malls nationwide. More older people carrying student debt. That's probably one of my favorites. It is incredible. You know, this article here, they're talking about the people that are 65 and older with student debt. If you want to really give yourself a reality check, the amount of people with student debt in their 40s and 50s is incredible. And already this is a growing problem. you got people that are retiring and having their, their Social Security checks garnished to pay for a student loan. And then how about the, you know, housing's great. 
right? Just ask them. They'll tell you. Of course, when I tell you the facts, housing is so slow. And a lot of you are out there, hey, where I'm at, it looks pretty good. Like here, you know, I live in Scottsdale. North Scottsdale, they're building houses all, you know, not like they used to, but there's new home construction going on. Absolutely. According to the Wall Street Journal today, property developers are pouncing on sustained demand, as they're calling it, for standalone home rentals. Building entire single-family neighborhoods designed for renters. Because people can't afford to buy them. This is the new American dream. And you know how the and you already know how they're gonna spin it. Oh well, I don't want to be tied down to a mortgage. Right? I don't want that. Anything to make it sound like you don't right. want a home. I want flexibility. They can't afford one. I mean, look at the numbers. Eighty two point three percent of the workforce make less than thirty five thousand dollars. And then you start thinking about what's really happening. What's really going on in this entire economy. You know, one of the things that I said was, you know, during the housing crash, Wall Street bought homes by the hundreds of thousands and just turned them into these rental properties. And and essentially... Really, when you look at the housing market as it sits today, and you got to go back 30, 40 years to get home sales that were this low when 100 more, 100 less, 100 million less people lived here. And the answer really is it's gotten unaffordable. Remember I was telling you about how this is the next wave, the stagflation wave is coming, which is there's not enough income, there's not enough GDP growth, and not enough of your paycheck to go around. And really, we're going to enter this phase. We're going to have to pick. We really are. If 800,000 baby boomers retire a quarter Who's going to pay for them? Right? There's no money in the trust fund. Right? The trust fund. It's just a filing cabinet somewhere in Virginia that says, oh, by the way, we borrowed that. A non-marketable security, as they call it. You know why it's a non-marketable one? Can't sell it. <laughs> It doesn't actually exist. They spent it and said, hey, this is an IOU, but we'll call it a non-marketable security. See, first of all, we use the word security. We put marketable in there as well. Yeah, I know it says non, but let's not focus on what that means. That'll make everybody feel better. 
Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment on the first week of the year. We'll be right back. Hey, do you believe I got Happy New Year today? It's February. I once got Happy New Year in March. <laughs> it's pathetic. The deadline's Monday, folks. Monday, that's it. You can't say Happy New Year's after Monday. It is decided. You know, matter of fact, I, I, really, then in that case, what I meant was Sunday. Starting Monday, you can't say it anymore. Well, then... That's my opinion. Then it's just salutations and hello. <laughs> By the way, the S&P and the NASDAQ now at all-time intraday highs as the job report misses. Uh, by the way, 2277 on the S&P, 5220 on the NASDAQ, or 52, 5520 on the NASDAQ. So it's up 300 points in almost 17 years. Congratulations. Uh, and the Dow at 19,957. It is not. Uh, what a great first week of the year for gold and silver. A little bit of profit taking, not a lot. Gold's down, uh, what, 7, 1174. Uh, silver's down 15 cents. Uh, $16.50. Uh, but really, when you think about uh, the week that it's had, really a good week, uh, Not just not dollar-wise, technically-wise, and all of those things. And I just think it's fascinating where you have this. I mean, this is a huge headline in the, the Wall Street Journal today talking about from 2013 to 2015 and from and really from 07 to 09 or I'm sorry 07 to 2015 annual growth renters from 07 to 09 about three quarters of a million new renters about 200,000 less homeowners. 2010 to 2012, almost a million new renters. New owners down over 250,000. 2013 to 2015, a million new renters. Actual homeowners down 40,000. There you have it. The only thing that we have are increase in part-time jobs and renters. If you think that somehow this is economic prosperity, okay. But if you would listen to President Barack Obama or Janet Yellen, you would think it was going the other way. Right? Full-time jobs are exploding. Homeownership's exploding. But the actual facts say the exact opposite is true. I don't even know if the housing market has ever done this. Ever. I mean, houses were built for people to own them. And now, according to the Wall Street Journal, we've had, let's see, home ownership has fallen. A million less people own their homes today than they did 10 years ago. The only increase we have is in rentals. 94% of all jobs created in the United States in the last 10 years, part-time jobs. That's not my number. 
Now, granted, I'm taking the word of people from Princeton and Harvard on that. But, hey, the Nasdaq's at an all-time high. Picture Radio News Hour. We're wrapping it up for the first week. If you want to place an order, give us a call, 800-951-0592. Everybody, take care. God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again on Monday.